much, you can't convince me that my God's not great. I don't want to miss an opportunity to worship and praise Him. Thank you so much, this worship team. Thank you for leading us in worship. Amen. As you can see, I am not pastor. I'm going to say that every time I get up here. I want there to be any, uh, any confusion. I'm a much younger version with a lot less hair. The pastor right now is uh, actually on a plane. They are headed down to General Conference. I know that he is missing being here. But he needs a little bit of rest, I think. So we're going to pray, pray that God would uh, have his hand over them, over that plane, that pilot, that he would be rested, come back renewed, refreshed, ready to keep leading and guiding this church. Amen? Amen. If you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. I know that everyone in here has a physical Bible. So I'll wait until you turn there. Man, I'm so I'm thankful my wife is here. She doesn't usually get to travel with me when I go preach out. Glad she could make the drive over today. I'm thankful for this church. For better or worse, this church has shaped me. Each and every person you've had a part, a lot of you have taught me in Sunday school. A lot of you regret it. This church has made me the man I am. So if there's bad things, it's your fault. I'm thankful for this church. Thankful for your prayers, your consistency. Thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Matthew 13 and 1 says, The same day went Jesus out of the house, sat by the seaside. Great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat. The whole multitude stood on the shore. He spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. When he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside. The fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. Forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. When the sun was up, seeds were scorched. Because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other, someone say other, fell into good ground, bought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirtyfold. And then Jesus, he makes this statement at the end. He said, who hath ears, let him hear. He begins to draw your attention to this. If it wasn't enough that it was Jesus speaking, if that didn't perk your ears enough, he said, if you have ears, I need you to listen to what I'm saying. This is important. This is something that you need to understand. 
Jesus took the time here to show each and every person that was there that day and to show all of us here the importance of growth. He lays out this path for what growth looks like. I think we're all here today because we want to grow in our relationship with God, right? You don't have to be here. It was a cold morning. Man, I didn't want to get out from under my covers. You had every opportunity to sleep in, to be somewhere else, but you chose to be in the house of God today. I think that proves that if you're here, you value your relationship with God. And you want to see it grow. God's desire is for us to draw closer to Him, to produce love the way He loves, to produce joy and peace, anointing, favor. That's, that's the heart of our God. Verse 8 says, But other fell on good ground, and that brought forth fruit, some 100, some 60, some 30. God wants to produce fruit in us today. So we're going to try to unpack this, this parable. And my hope is that we leave this place changed. That I don't leave the same way that I walked in. But I want to have good ground. Amen. We're going to preach for just a little bit under this title, When the Seed Takes Root. When the seed takes root. Put your Bibles down. If you could lift your hands. I'm going to pray God would have his perfect will and way. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you for what you've already done in this service. God, I thank you, Lord, for the worship. God, I thank you that your promises are true. God, that as we praise and as we glorify you, you inhabit the praises of your people. God, I pray, Lord, that in this atmosphere, God, that you would help mold and shape and change us. God, I don't want to leave this place the same. But God, I want to be forever changed in your presence. God, I want to be the man you've called me to be. God, I want to be the husband you've called me to be. I want to be the Christian that you have called me to be. God, I pray you would help us today. In the name of Jesus, everyone said amen. Amen. You can be seated. If you want to stand, you can do that too. I'll be doing it. You can always count on Dean. Jesus often in the Bible... He spoke in parables. He spoke in this, this way that people could understand or this way that people could relate to. And here within this story, we get a little bit of insight as to why Jesus does this. After he's done speaking, his disciples come up and they begin to speak to Jesus and they, they ask these questions. Why is it that you speak in parables? What's, what's the purpose of this? Why don't you just explain it the way that it is? Why don't you just tell them exactly what you mean? He said, you understand the mysteries of heaven, talking to his disciples. You understand what heaven is like. I've taught, I've shaped, I've molded you, but they don't understand the way that you do. And so Jesus chose to speak to people in a way they could relate in a way that they could understand because some of us are hard-headed. Some of us, it, it takes a little bit of nudging and it takes a little bit of pushing to get us to understand what someone's saying. Just me? 
You ever said to someone, it's, it's like this. You're trying to explain to them about this restaurant that you went to. And the food was so good. And, man, they had tacos. And they said, okay, well, what, what was it like? You have to give them an example. It, it's it's kind of like Taco Bell. They don't want to go there. <laughs> you got to relate to people. See, as a youth pastor, I get this a lot. Where I'm trying to understand what all these young people are saying. And I don't understand any of it. They use words and phrases that I have never heard before that don't make sense. You ever heard of bougie? What does that even mean? I found out it can mean good and bad. They use words like you're going to have to bring it to my level. What, is this, what does this mean? I say, well, it's, it's, like, it's like cool. Whatever happened to cool? Why can't we just say that? Why do we have to change things? I'm sure that's what you want to hear from the youth pastor. <laughs> Trying to relate to people. Understand this was the purpose of Jesus' parables. He wanted to reach people where they were. And he knew if he just laid out that heaven is, heaven is this, they weren't going to understand. And so he used this parable of a sower so that he could reach people where they're at. He said there was this sower, there was, there was a farmer who had this seed and he was going out to get a crop. And in Luke's account of this, this parable, he says in Luke 8 and 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So when you're hearing this story, you hear that a sower is casting out seed. He's talking about the word of God. It's the same seed that he threw everywhere. He threw it on the good ground, and he threw it on the stony ground. He threw it amongst the thorns. The seed was the same. You need to understand the seed is good. The word of God is good. This is true. This is right. And it doesn't matter what the world changes. It doesn't matter how far they get away. This is always going to be truth. This is righteousness. This is holiness. This is your guide. The word of God is forever settled, and it is forever true. John 1 and 1 says, In the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. Before there was anything, there was the word. The word is God. Verse 14 says, The word was made flesh. It dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory and the glory of his only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. The word is true. This is right. The word of God is infallible. It is unmovable. It is unshakable. It is unwavering. It does not contradict itself. The word of God has withstood time. This is right. Before you can get anywhere else, you need to understand this is truth. And we can never get away from truth. There's a lot of different ideas out there of what truth looks like, but there is only one real thing. This is truth. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of God shall stand forever. There is nothing that can come up against the word of God. 
2 Timothy 3 and 16 and 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. The word of God is correction. That hurts. Just because you don't agree with what's in the word of God does not mean this is not right. Just because there's some things in here that don't align with my flesh does not make this untrue. It means that I am out of alignment with the word. The word of God is truth. This is righteousness. So how can you have the same seed? How can you present the same word and you have different results? How is it that we can have people that come into the presence of God and they feel the same spirit? They hear the same songs. They lift their hands just the same. They, they pray the same prayers and there's different outcomes. Some of them are rooted and some of them are embedded and lives changed forever and some walk out the door never to change. How can that happen if the seed is the same? The answer is this. The ground is different. While the seed is true and while the seed is right and this is perfect, the ground that it's being cast on can vastly differ. The first patch of ground that Jesus talked about was the wayside. Go through these, Matthew 13 and 19, it says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and he understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Did you know that it's possible for us to not understand the word of God? Did you know that there are some things that you read that you just don't get right away? Anyone else? You ever been reading a scripture and you have no idea what you just read? And you look it up in about six or seven different translations and that did not help at all? It's possible for us to not understand the word of God. That doesn't make it untrue. That doesn't mean that it was written wrong. That means that we have to dive in a little deeper. But that's difficult for us, right? Sometimes it's hard for us to take another step and dive deeper. If I can't get it on surface level, then I'm just going to move to something I can understand. Jesus said there's going to be some people that because of a lack of understanding, because they don't understand the importance, because they don't understand the necessity of the word of God, that they are never going to be rooted or changed. That they can come into the same atmosphere. They can hear the same word. They can hear the same truth. And they can leave unchanged because they were not understanding. They can walk into a Holy Ghost-filled church and they can walk out the same way. Peter's words are this in Acts 2.38. You can quote it with me. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is truth. That is truth. 
This promise is unto you, your children, and all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is truth, but it's not a necessity, right? It's not something we have to have. If you look in John 3 and 3 through 7, it dives into that answer. Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, Acts 2.38 was not just for them in the Bible. This is for us today. And the promise in the word of God is this. If you are not born again of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That is truth. That is the word. Nicodemus said unto him, how is this even possible? How can I be born again? Do I, do I enter into my mother's womb? And he, he kind of got a little snarky with it. He said, do I, do I have to be born again? He said, no. Jesus said, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Understand what I'm saying. Don't, don't be confused. You must be born again. That's a requirement. That's the word of God. This is truth. You must be born again. We've got to understand what's in the word of God. Because if you don't understand this, you can miss out on eternity. When the word of God clearly says you've got to be born again to make it to heaven. And I don't understand what the word says. I can miss out on God's promise for my life because of a lack of understanding. The devil does not care if you walk into this place. It doesn't bother him a bit if you come in and lift up your hands and you worship and you praise. That does not mean anything. As long as everything you do is surface level. As long as your praise stops at the door and you don't take it with you on Monday. As long as you don't leave this place changed. As long as you don't walk into your job different. Then you can come in and you can worship and praise all you want. We have to understand what's in the word. And we've got to allow it to change our life. A seed, it fell by the wayside. But the Bible says it also fell on stony ground. Matthew 13 and 20, it says, But he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy he receives it. Yet hath he no root in himself, but it dureth for a while, for when tribulation and persecution comes up, by and by this person is offended. This person receives it, takes the word of God for its face value, it's worth it, but there is no root. It's all surface level. I'll live this lifestyle when it's easy. I'll do what I need to do when it's convenient. I think that's been all of us, right? I'll do what the word of God says when it lines up with my schedule. When it lines up with my ideas and my, my choices, then I'll do it. But as soon as things start to move, as soon as life starts to shake up, everything begins to fall apart because there was no foundation. There was no root Nothing to hold when storms and trials come up. 
It is not enough for us to have surface-level relationship. God is not calling us to surface-level relationship. He wants so much more. He wants all of us. See, God gave all of himself on a cross for you and I. That was not so that he can get part of you. His desire is for all of us. He said it a different way in Matthew chapter 7. He said, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, they'll be likened unto a foolish man with, which built his house upon sand. The rain descended and the, the floods came and the winds blew and it beat on the house and the house fell. And the Bible says great was the fall of it. See, this house was built. They made the effort to build the house. They, they came into the presence of God and they, they wanted to live this lifestyle. But then when storms came, there was no foundation. I don't know if you know this or not, but life sometimes happens. There are times when life just hits. If these last couple years don't prove that, then I, I don't know what does. Sometimes life gets hard. Sometimes there are trials and there are situations that are completely out of our control. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to change this. But it, I, I'm in it. I have to deal with this nonetheless. And trials have the ability to break you apart. Storms in your life have the ability to take everything that you know and bring it crashing down to the ground. If there is no foundation, if there is no root, if everything that we have is surface level, then it will never withstand the storms of this world. Trials are going to come. Sometimes we're just going to have to deal with life. But if you are rooted in this, if you understand what's in the Word of God, if you understand the power that is in the Word of God, if you understand how great your God is, there is no trial, there is no storm that is too big, there's no situation that you go through that's going to tear you down because my God is bigger than any situation. He's bigger than any trial. He's bigger than any frustration. My God is enough. Jesus went on said there's going to be some that fall on thorns. In Matthew 13 and 22, he said, they receiveth this seed. It was among thorns. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, they choke out the word, and it becomes unfruitful. See, it's still the same word. It's still the same truth. But now there are so many things that are in the way. There's so many other ideas, sins, burdens, weights that we have that cloud this relationship with God. Sometimes that means our time management. That we put other things as more important than this relationship. We put other things ahead of God in our life. When you come in and you try to, try to develop this and you try to to let this seed grow and you try to develop that relationship, all those other things begin to drown it out. Those thorns begin to come up and I, I don't have time for this today. I don't have the energy. I don't have the effort. I, I, I can't really live for this because I've got these things. 
sin, it choked out the word of God. Too many times we allow lies, chains, burdens, bitterness, brokenness, addictions to choke out the word of God in our life. Somehow we feel like the word of God is not enough to break our chains. We feel like the word of God isn't true enough to overcome our addictions and our burdens, our hurts, our pains. And so we allow them to fester. And we really want the word to be true and we really want the word to develop fruit in our life, but I just can't let go of these things. Romans 6 and 21 says, What fruit had you in those things? Those situations, those sins, those hurts, what fruit did that bring? For the end of that thing is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness. The end of this thing is everlasting life. And you need to understand the truth in the word of God is this. The wages of sin is death. See, we were born in sin. We were born into a sinful world. But the Bible is clear. The wages of that sin is death. And if it was not for an almighty God who wrapped himself in flesh and paid a price that you and I could not pay, we could never overcome the sin in our life. But because he cared about us so much, because our God loved us so much, he paid the price. And now the promise is that we can have eternal life. We don't have to die with sin. But the gift of God, the Bible says, is life through Jesus Christ. Sin leads us to death, but you have the ability to break away from sin. That's truth. Jesus said there were so many seeds that were thrown out. Threw some on the wayside. People didn't understand. He threw some on stony ground and there was no root. He threw some in the thorns and it got choked out, but he did not stop there. He said, I also threw some on good ground. Matthew 13, 23, it says, He that receives seed into the good ground, that person is the one that hears the word, they understand it. They also bear fruit. There's something that happens when they understand the word of God. There's something on the outside that begins to change when the seed hits good ground. It brings fruit. Some of them have hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. This person is rooted. They're not just hearers of the word, they're doers of the word. It's not just something that someone said, no, this is, this is my lifestyle. This is my truth. This isn't just what pastor gets up and preaches. This isn't something that stops on Sunday, but this is something I carry with me every single day. This is truth. And when you put truth in good ground, the promise is that it's going to bring forth fruit. When the seed begins to take root, 
something in your life changes. There's examples all across this room of people who lived a completely different lifestyle. You would not recognize them today, but when they found truth, when they found truth and it got a hold of good ground, something began to change. Their life began to change. Their appearance began to change. It was more than just words. It was more than just an attitude. But the Holy Ghost began to lead their actions. It began to guide how they think. It began to guide where they go and what they do. Because when truth finds good ground, it brings with it fruit. That's when the seed takes root. You stand with me. Brother Nathan told me I had to be short. It's a requirement for a preacher, he says. I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm not a farmer. <laughs> Shock. Never farmed a day in my life. But I've got a pretty good idea of what it takes. I mean, you live in central Illinois. You've got a pretty good idea of what farming looks like, right? Did you know that a farmer, when they go to plant, you know they don't just randomly walk into a field and start throwing seed on the ground and hope it all works out? There's more that goes into it. There's more effort. There's more time. There's more energy that's spent to make sure that the seed brings a crop. See, before that farmer ever thinks about the seed, before the farmer ever worries about harvesting a crop, the first thing he does is prepare the ground. It's foolish to think that I can go out and I can throw seed all over and I'm going to reap the harvest I was meant to. But when you prepare, when you set everything in place, when you set good ground, you set yourself up for success. All too often as people, we come into the presence of God and we walk in totally unprepared for what God wants to do. We expect that if God is going to move us, then he's going to do it on his own. He doesn't need me. He doesn't need my effort. He doesn't need my worship. He doesn't need my praise. But if you want to see a harvest in your life, if your desire is to see God move in you, if your desire is to produce fruit, you've got to make sure your ground is prepared. I've got to make sure that I'm ready for what God wants to do. I've got to make sure that I've got good ground because the seed is good. The seed is right. The seed is perfect. But sometimes the ground needs work. I can't think about doing the right thing and living the right way if I can't get the ground in order. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know 
what your ground looks like. If you walked in this place and you just, you don't even understand what truth is. You don't even understand right and wrong and it's confusing and you've tried and you just, you can't get it. You need to understand there is truth here. And if you just stir up the ground, if you stir up the ground, God will begin to reveal some things to you. He'll begin to reveal some truth in you. I don't know if you've got stony ground. You've been in this a long time. You've been in a lot of different services. God has moved on your life. You've started to build this thing up, but you've never really rooted yourself. Today is your day to dig a little deeper. I don't know if you walked in with burdens, hurts, pains, sin that you're ashamed of. And it's begin to choke out this relationship with God you so desperately want, but you can't get because there's so many other things in the way. Or maybe you've got good ground. Maybe you feel like I've got everything in order. Do you know that it is possible to miss some places when you're tilling? When you're preparing the ground, do you know it's possible to miss a few spots? Maybe it is that today we just need to do a little bit of searching. That I need to look inward and see if there's parts in me that I've got to stir up. If there's something inside of me that needs to be broken up so that the word of God can come in and begin to change. See, my desire is not to leave this place the same. It's not to walk out of here the same way that I walked in. That's not enough for me. I want to know Jesus for myself. I want to get this word so embedded in my heart that whenever I walk out, there is no denying this truth in me. The Bible says that they will know them by their fruit. The people you walk by, they're going to know you by the fruit you produce. The people on your job, they're going to know you by the fruit you produce. The people in this community, they're going to know you by what you produce. But before we ever get there, we've got to prepare the ground. Today, this altar call is for everyone. You can come to the front. You can stay where you're at. But I wonder if today you can take an inward look. Say, God, whatever my ground looks like, I pray you would begin to break it up right now. God, that you would change the things in me, that you would begin to shape the things in me that you want. God, let me reflect your image and not my own. Would you do that today? Would you take a step out?